Hello and welcome to the Blockchain and Us, where pioneers and thought leaders talk about their journey in blockchain technology, crypto assets, and the token economy. And I'm your host, Manuel Staggers. This episode has support from my very own The Blockchain and Us newsletter. Get an email from me every two weeks with a very short summary of new podcast episodes so you can immediately pick those interviews you'd like to listen to. To stay up to date, just visit www.theblockchainandus.com and sign up today. My guest today is Matthew Allen. Matthew is a business reporter and the Zurich Bureau Chief at Swiss Info, a news and information platform produced by the Swiss Broadcasting Corporation, where he covers the Swiss crypto and blockchain space. Hi, Matt, and many thanks for taking time today. You're welcome. Nice to see you. Let's maybe begin with what was the most interesting story that you recently covered? Um, the most interesting stories uh, I, I get to cover in general, not just in crypto, but in, in, in any, any sphere, is, is when I get out of this office and I go and uh, meet people in their, in their working domain. Um, that's, you, you get to learn so much more than just picking up the telephone. Uh, and perhaps it wasn't recently, but one of the most interesting trips I had was, was, was about a year ago, actually, when I went down to this tiny little village on the Italian border called Gondo, um, where some guys had set up a, um, a crypto mining operation. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really interesting story because it was a tiny little village smack bang on the border with Italy. Uh, and uh, it had been in all sorts of trouble, this village, because it had a big rock slide. Uh, it was one of these tiny villages where all the young people were moving out, uh, going to the bigger towns. It was, you know, a, a classic almost dying village. And and these guys suddenly pitched up and said, we'll, we'll, we'll transform you into a, a crypto mining economy. Uh, to sort of hopefully, you know, revitalize the finances of this village and uh, also to hopefully attract some young folk back, you know, and, and, and get an economy going here. Um, that was really fascinating. I remember turning up there. It, it was actually in January and it was snowing like crazy. Um, we had a crazy car ride up the pass uh, through the snow in this car where the, the the windscreen kept fogging up and everything. And uh, these guys were really enthusiastic, but were running their operation on a like a shoestring, you know, um, and they were building all the stuff themselves. Uh, they were um, making their own sort of racks to put their, their rigs on. They were doing all the electrics, all the tubing themselves. Um, and and uh, we're using old sort of council buildings where they used to store all their sort of junk and they just sort of cleared it out and uh, gave I, I mean, things like this are, are, are for me fascinating because you get to see uh, the, the project being built from the ground up. You you speak to the people and see them in their working environments. Um, 
so so trips like this, I mean, uh, I mean, I can't do them every day, but but they're always the most fascinating for me to to get the human angle as well. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely more interesting than a whole bunch of people, you know, with a laptop and no product built. And well, I mean, I mean, in in, in crypto land, I mean, it's it's all out there in the ether, isn't it? It's it it literally is sort of like a few laptops in in many cases, uh, but here you had a bit of sort of almost like a factory being built. Um, uh, but it was also just just getting the mindset of the people, not just the people who were who were doing this project, Alpine Mining, but but also the the, the thoughts of the of the neighbours, <laughs> you know, who who were living there and suddenly seeing these guys turn up, you know, with all their truckloads of tubing and stuff, and you know, talking about Bitcoin and this this tiny village uh, sort of stuck out in the middle of nowhere. Um, it, it, yeah, that that was that was very interesting. How do you choose the topics that you write about? Well, that's becoming increasingly uh, more difficult because every day now I get more and more emails coming in. Um, I get more phone calls. I, I also attend a lot of um, crypto conferences. There's there's probably about a, I don't know, about a dozen of them go on in Switzerland every year now. And I attend more than half of them. Uh, and there you... Because the, the trouble is you've got to filter all this stuff. A lot of this stuff coming through is just rubbish. It's never going to get off the ground. Uh, I mean, people use the word scam a lot, and scam can mean either outright fraud or it's a good idea and these guys are well-meaning, but they're never going to pull it off. Um, and so you have to filter through 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 all this stuff. And, and I find just to get out there, Get to these conferences, go to the booths, speak to people is 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 the best way. But but honestly, if if I try and just pick individual firms, individual startups, individual products, I do it a bit if I think there's a particular new story in it. Um, but that that for me would just overwhelm me. It's like an avalanche. So what I try and do is pick up on on themes and trends. And speak to lots of different people about these themes, and and I with Swiss Info, we always have to have a a, a Swiss sort of angle hook, mm-hmm. um, which which is in many ways is an anom- anomaly, an oxymoron, because because the crypto scene is borderless, right? It's it's about it's about uh, sweeping away the borders of countries, of regulators, of, of the uh, centralized infrastructure we have. So I find myself trying sometimes desperately to find a, a Swiss peg to something that's that's global. That's not even global. It doesn't even recognize borders. And and and. Uh, but but what I try and do is 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 go for the theme, the theme of the day. And I think the theme of the day at the moment for me is is how. Crypto is meeting traditional finance. How it's how it's trying to seamlessly merge together, and and both sides are sort of eyeing each other nervously, um, uh, trying to establish some kind of trust, uh, and also some kind of workable technical uh, means of achieving this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. You've been working as a journalist for for quite a while. I mean, you've been at the BBC, but in this whole blockchain and crypto space, how long? Did it take you to to understand enough, you know, where you feel you understand what these people talk about when you interview them? Well, I, I first started looking at crypto. I think the first stories I was writing were about 2014. 
Um, because when crypto, I mean, I was following crypto in the news, but it was mainly um, a story about the US and about Japan and then about China um, in places, strange places like Iceland and so on. Um, but in Switzerland, there was no, and like I say, I, need, I always need a Swiss, Swiss, Swiss peg, a Swiss angle. So it, it started getting interesting for me in about 2014. But I was kind of, for me, I was doing all sorts of uh, business reporting on, I could be doing pharma one day and, and engineering the next. And crypto just seemed to me a, an interesting aside. You know, uh, this, this is kind of new and funky and a bit controversial. Uh, and so I did a couple of articles where you know where you do a little bit of research but you think well I'll just move on and uh, uh, but then it started to 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 become more interesting and, and and crypto nation started up in Switzerland and so then then you took a deep dive and and we took a decision within Swiss info that it would be a good idea for me to really go down the rabbit hole quite deep and explore this because something was happening in Switzerland uh, with this crypto nation. Uh, I would say it probably took me about a year before I was really grasping it intricately the, 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 the themes. The problem there comes um, because I'm writing really for a general audience of people who may have heard of Bitcoin but know nothing about it. The, the, the problem with diving too deep into a subject sometimes is that you then start writing in very deep technical terms. Uh, and, and the alarm bell goes off for me when I send my story off to my colleagues, very intelligent journalists, to, uh, to check, you know, to sub. And they come back to me and they say, well, uh, you know, there was no typos in there, but gee, I didn't really understand half of it. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then that's when you know you, your, your research is in your head, but you've, you've, you've then got to translate that into, into everyday terms. So, so, uh, it, so I, I would say it took about a year for me to, to get to a level of understanding where, where I felt I could, I could have conversations with the crypto crowd and not feel out of place. Uh, but but now the, the the challenge every day is to is to translate that into something that the ordinary person can 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 relate to. Mm-hmm. That's actually a good point. I'm, I'm I'm curious about you know where's the balance where you say the ordinary reader or maybe even your colleagues who you just mentioned who are intelligent journalists, but there is you know a point where they cannot follow anymore what you what you write about where where is that that line you know is it delegated proof of stake or does it already start much earlier? Uh, I, I, I think if you start talking about the different mining protocols, then you've lost most people. And I spend all my time speaking to crypto people who have much more knowledge than I do, and I'm try, trying to keep up with them. Uh, um, it, yeah, I, you say, I've, I've got to step back when I start writing and think about... You know, what about someone who just isn't into this space at all, but but maybe has an interest and just wants to know what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can't you don't can't start going into sort of difference between proof of work, delegated proof of stake, federated, Byzantine. I you know I forget all names myself. Um, what I what I like to do these days um, to try and bridge that gap is is to have sort of short explainers so if you if you have a, like a static page 
which says, what is a cryptocurrency? What is mining? And you just spell it out in layman's terms. Then when you're writing the article, you can just sort of link to it. But you don't want to do that too much because you don't want people sort of clicking on and in and out of your story the whole time. But but there are certain concepts which you can't sort of explain, spell out every time you write a story because the story would just get too big. But you know you try and you try and give people an anch- these anchor points so that if they start to get lost, they can sort of uh, click in. I mean, maybe that's not the perfect way. I don't know. But mm. but it, it like it a is, glossary, it is a you mean? Yeah, like a glossary, or well, even you know, even more of an explaining because a glossary could be, you know, cryptocurrency, uh, a digital virtual form of currency, decentralized. And, you know, people say, well, I want to know more. So so you can even provide more. It's it. Yeah, we're experimenting all the time with different ways to bridge the gap between because we want to address the crypto crowd because it's growing in Switzerland and it's attracting more and more international people. So you don't want to dumb it down to a point where they're not interested. But you've you've, you've got to find a way to bridge between these guys and the you know the person on the street who 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 are are a vast majority of our audience. Let's face mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Um, You mentioned before the word scam, and I'm sure you're often approached by all kinds of companies who want you to write about them. So how do you go about vetting them and understanding whether their ideas are for real, their projects are for real, and you know whether you will run a risk covering what they're doing? Sure. Well, first of all, um, I think a, a, a true scammer, a fraudster, let's say, will not be approaching the media saying, write about my story. They're, because that they like to move under the radar. Um, so they will use uh, mediums such as Telegram. Um, they used to use Facebook. They can't so much anymore. They will try and get directly to their victims, as it were, um, without alerting the media to what they're up to. Because if if I'm committing a fraud, the last thing I want to do is go to a to a to a to a journalist and try and convince them because they know the journalist is going to do some checks and they're going to check them out and they're going to you know check their biography and their profile and see what else they've been up to and uh, uh, um, possibly check with the regulator about you know you know is this a uh, uh, um, a, a regulated type of uh, um, program or not. And, and FINMA, the, the, the Swiss regulator, carries on its website a whole list, and it's a growing list of of uh, red-flagged companies. Um, it, it, it's, I mean, that's quite interesting. To, I flick on it once in a while, and, and, it, and it grows exponentially. So um, I don't think an outright fraudster would come to the media because it would risk exposure. but Well, but then again, so it turned up there. Yeah. I mean, there was, I maybe mean, you've seen that story as well on Forbes with a guy who claimed he was the co-founder of Monero, mm-hmm. the privacy coin. And then, you know, the whole community said, we've never heard of this guy. Right. And he was on the cover of Forbes Middle East or something right. like that. Well, that was probably a bit of a mistake from them there because, I, I, I mean, I would like to think you wouldn't get past me because i would be asking people uh, I, you know i'm i'm in i'm in loads of different um uh, um social media uh channels where which are populated by people who know everyone 
Uh, and you could just simply just throw the name in and say, uh, you know, does anyone know this guy associated with Monero? And if they say no, then you then you you know you would find a way of getting hold of you know the the the, the real people behind Monero, um, and and uh, uh, just do any kind of research. It shouldn't be possible to 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 perpetrate that kind of uh, uh, scam. That was uh, maybe this was a, a I don't know uh, an egotistical person who just wanted to get their name on the on the, in in, the, in a prestigious magazine or something. Sure. And, and 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 so you know, or, or maybe it was a joke. I don't know. Um, these things go on all the time, but. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I hopefully, hopefully, I would never get uh, the 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 wool pulled over my eyes, that, you know, quite, quite in that way. But but there is an ongoing. It, I mean, it it can happen. I mean, uh, what kind of a filter do I apply? I mean, I, I get emails all the time from X company, Y company, this product, that product. Um, you've you've simply got to do a little bit of homework if they're a Swiss based company. You can easily find out if they've actually registered a Swiss company. You just go into the uh, the online company registrar, and, and you can see if they're there or not. You can see the names of the people behind the company. You can then do checks on those names to see what other companies they've done. And uh, quite a lot of time, these people come from other countries, uh, straight into Switzerland. Um, you've got to then ask yourself, what are they here for? Are they here just to use Switzerland's good name uh, to cover up? Uh, um, some potentially bad um, uh, uh, practices. Um, yeah, uh, you, you've got to do quite extensive research. I perhaps a year ago, with the uh, the initial coin offering surge tsunami, uh, it, it, you know there were so many different uh, 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 companies emerging. It was it, it taught me a lot that to to check a lot harder um, because I may have written about a couple of companies which I've kind of now plummeted if not disappeared because it looked like a good idea but they just got something wrong uh, usually with the regulator uh, um, being a bit too optimistic about what they could do or what they couldn't um, and from that you then learn well hold on, we better check about what the regulators thinking about all this is to see if this is a, a viable product or not. Um, yeah, it is It is tough. It is a challenge. But, um, you know, hopefully you draw on your sort of journalistic years of doing all sorts of stories in other industries as well. I mean, when I started off my, my, uh, my journalistic career, it was on local newspapers in London. And you would have calls from people almost constantly complaining about the council, uh, saying, oh, I, I live in a, a home that's sort of uh, subsidised by the council and they're not cleaning the place up. They're, I'm living in squalor because, you know, they don't care and they're not living up to their responsibilities. It's only the same thing. They could easily be scamming you just trying to get their story in the newspapers to, to try and sort of... Um, uh, uh, con the council into, you know, the council might think, oh, we've got to get rid of this guy now because he's given us bad headlines. So they they then sort of give him some more money and stuff. I mean, that, this is this is not something that's restricted to crypto land at all. It's just human nature. Um, so even those years of 
hearing all those complaints from people, you know, living in some, you know, council house in Wandsworth, uh, it, it, it helps you. It helps you to filter and to, to understand if, if, if people, it's, it's being completely open with you or not. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's where experience comes in, right? And a thick skin, maybe, and, and some kind of detector for this kind of stuff. Yeah, But you are a detective. Uh, I was saying this to my, my daughter the other day, who's, who's thinking about what career to, to, to have. And, and she's saying, well, what does a journalist do? And I said, well, practically every day I'm a detective. That's, that's pretty much what <laughs> I point. do. You know, I, I, I receive a lot of information and I have to find out what's behind it. Uh, so you do a lot of checks online, you do a lot of calls, you speak to people. Uh, and that's that's where I find actually the, 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 the most uh, helpful filter is actually knowing people and knowing who the trustworthy people are in, 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 the, uh, in the whole community. Um, these are the people who have been there for years and years and years and are very well respected and, and people listen to them uh, and you can you can bounce things off them, you know, uh, once you establish a relationship with them. Um, but, but even so, I, I mean, there's in my experience, there's very few people who come to you with a piece of information that don't have something to gain from it, <laughs> whether it will be um, someone wanting to promote their company, we're about to do an ICO, uh, this this uh, this one I get all the time, we're about to launch an ICO, it's going to be the most magical ICO ever, it's, it's a different ICO, it's not like the scams of the past, we found a way of doing it in such a novel way, it's going to be brilliant and it's going to be the way forward for everyone. Uh, I, I tend not to do pre-ICO <laughs> Uh, companies, but there might also be other people, and you 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 get whispers in your ear about, oh, you know that company X down the road, or oh, you know I, I wouldn't trust them. The the guy who runs them as you know he, he came from the traditional banking industry, he had a bit of a bad reputation, mm. or or you know this company will never last. And you and and you find there are jealousies within the community as well, uh, and so you know. No matter how trustworthy a, a contact is, you've always got to bear in mind why are they telling you this. I mean, sometimes I go to someone and I say, you know, what do you, what do you make of this? You know, have, have, you, have you heard of this? And then, and then that's me asking them. But if they come to you with a piece of information, a little snippet, which I get all the time, uh, you've got to say, well, what's in it for them? Why are they yeah. really telling me this? But there's always something in it for everybody. Usually there's, there's very few people yeah. who, will, who, will, who will go to a journalist and give them information because out of the goodness of their heart because they, sure. they, they, they think it's not in this interest. space this won't happen yeah um, I, I mean it's, it sounds like I'm uh, 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 you know giving everyone a bad name but you know it's just human nature I mean uh, I'm, I'm like it myself you know um, so uh, but you know it's, it's, it's not necessarily a, a, a very harmful practice it's just it's just what people do yeah of course and if somebody is a founder and he believes in his story or she believes in the company that they're that they're building up then obviously they want people to write about it so what what should someone like this what should they do if they wanted to get you or other journalists to write about their next big thing yeah don't be desperate and don't and don't don't come to the don't say we're the world's best or the world's first or the world's most unique these superlatives are, are, are cropping up more and more and more and uh I, i'm getting more and more suspicious of them to to be honest um there, there was a there was a story i was I, i was doing a couple of weeks ago on there were a couple of companies that were launching um 
uh, uh, Swiss Swiss based stable coins, basically, or products, uh, uh, crypto products, and and uh, there's a few of them now, and 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 all of them were kind of trying to tell me that they were the first or the only one. And I was saying, well, at look, the same time, it, right. there's five such products going on in the market, you know, and then, uh, yeah, two of them aren't launched yet, or three of them aren't launched. Uh, just an idea. One of them's launched, but it's kind of very limited use case. Uh, there's another one which has another sort of special use case that isn't really a, 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 a cryptocurrency or a token as such. But but they were kind of all wanting me to say that theirs was theirs was the best or the most unique or the first the first the first is the one at the moment we're the first we're the trailblazers and it, you know that's not the important thing the important thing is can you succeed and will you make an impact and will you change things over the long run and that can only be proven by first of all launching um and and then secondly over a few years seeing how you get on and does the market adopt your products and and does it sort of make a difference um there is another interesting tactic i find um is the stealth mode tactic this is a really interesting one where uh, a a new company a startup will do everything they can to avoid the media and keep things quiet um, and we'll, we'll, we'll sort of pot their path until this kind of big cataclysmic moment where they suddenly go, bang, here, here we are. We've got everything. We've got everything established. We're, we're, we've got all our, all our team in place. We've got the, we've got the, the technology platform built. We've, we've, we've entered discussions with FINMA and we've got the investors interested. And, uh, and then it's just this, this sort of big bang from stealth to big bang. Uh, is is kind of becoming a, a, a quite a quite a sort of a, a common way of doing it um, because the theory being if you shout too soon before you've got things ready then no one's going to listen to you uh, and and that's a piece of general advice I suppose to to, to anyone uh, you, you've got to have something to show even if you're not launched yet um, but the the guys who are getting the most attention are these guys at the moment who are who are Building up really in stealth, and and then coming out with this sort of um, we, you know we've got the product and it's been accepted on on X exchange or whatever and 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 suddenly it, it takes you by surprise and, and you know as a journalist you're thinking wow why didn't I know about this you know, maybe I should write and then and then as a journalist you got to sort of stop yourself because you almost get sort of sucked into this sort of dramatic uh, moment uh, but um, which is exactly yeah. what they wanted. Exactly what they want, and they yeah. they probably work with PR companies who who are very clever at sort of doing this. Um, but part of my job is finding out about them before they're even launched, um, uh, uh, so I can check them out, so that when the announcement comes, you know, I'm not totally in the dark, and I can I can actually. Uh, but that, that, that can't happen every time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but clearly, you think as an entrepreneur, that's the better strategy. Yeah, it's to keep quiet until you got something to show for it. Uh, and then avoid stuff like we're the first, we're the first, um, you know, we're unique, we're the trailblazers, because that's not the important thing. Um, you know, during the dot com bubble, you had a lot of starters who then disappeared, uh, and then simply got replaced by people who 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 saw what mistakes you made and said, "Well, you, you had a good product, you had a good idea, but you did it wrong," um, and so we're coming on 
uh, and we're taking on that idea and we're doing it properly, having learned from your mistakes. Uh, and so, so being the first is very seems very important to people, but don't 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 sort of think that's the be on an end all. Uh, you've got to show you've got something sustainable and that the market needs uh, and. You know, getting being the first to get the license is okay. That's quite good, but it, it's it's a flash in the pan moment. Two, three years down the line, it, it's going to mean nothing. Yeah, that's a good one. Flash in the pan moment, and, and so is probably news coverage too. I mean, I, I feel sometimes people overestimate what you know their name in the press will do for them. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, what we've got is a, a, a new form of press, a new kind of media uh, has emerged. It's not just the, the the cryptocurrencies or the or the or the startups or the products. There's actually a new, a whole new genre, uh, the online crypto blog or the online crypto uh, news agency or whatever is is uh, has suddenly has suddenly arrived. So there's there's. Uh, a, a sort of a mass saturation, if you like, of of news in this area, and sometimes you have to look for it. And you know, there there might be people listening to this thinking, "Well, I haven't seen this." I mean, they just get their sort of daily newspaper, and it's not in there. But uh, it, it doesn't take much online searching to find these these guys. And uh, I, I think that the the whole space, the media space, is now getting saturated. And there is a competition to get the be the first one out there with the news. Um, I, yeah, so so it, it might sort of backfire, or or the or the effect of getting your name in the media might get watered down as results because you're that you're just there with a thousand other names out that day. You know, um, uh, the 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 key is to getting your name in in the right kind of media, and and also. You know, you've got to have a story, some kind of, you know, you've got to be able to properly explain what kind of impact your product is going to have in two years' time. That's what I want to know as a journalist. It's not, am I the first to get this or that? I want to know two years, five years down the line, who's going to be using your product, who's going to be buying your services, and what 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 is it actually going to what concretely you know is is it going to achieve what 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 difference is it going to bring to to people's lives? That's that's the story I think you've got to tell. Where you're going to be once you're past your startup phase and and, and you're a properly established company. Let's take a quick break for a message from our sponsors. This episode has support from my very own the Blockchain and Us newsletter. Get an email from me every two weeks with a very short summary of new podcast episodes so you can immediately pick those interviews you'd like to listen to. To stay up to date, just visit www.theblockchainandus.com and sign up today. That's, that's the story I think you've got to tell where you're going to be once you're past your startup phase and, and, and you're a properly established company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good blueprint almost for anyone trying to tell their story. Yeah, and and sometimes people just don't know because they're just focused on the on the on the on the on the moment, you know. And it's it's kind of uh, 
uh, security token, so let's come out with a security token, you know, we've got one, yeah, yeah, magic, you know, we've produced one, we've we, we got together a team of, of, of talented uh, programmers who, who who got it together and we've, we've got some kind of underlying products and uh, well, now we've got to think about where to listen. And, and, and it's kind of like, well, where are you going to be in two years' time with this product? Uh, where are you going to be in five years' time with a whole range of products? You know, it's, I, I, I get the impression that people don't think sometimes beyond the end of, you know, the next couple of months. And uh, uh, this kind of idea of uh, everyone talking about them because they got, they, they got the first thing of its type out. And uh, the, there was news this weekend of a, of a, of a new exchange-traded product out on, on, the, on the Swiss Stock Exchange. Uh, I'm, you know, it was a world's first, apparently. I'm trying to work out, you know, how much of a world's first. Is it a world's first of its type? It could easily be uh, a, a type of ETP that's not been done before in crypto, but there's, there's others and there will be, and, you know, will it, will it, Will it be adopted? Well, you know, where's it going to be in two or three years? And, um, you know, maybe these guys have thought this one through, actually, and I don't want to do them a disservice. But, um, uh, yeah, it's – for me, I, I'm looking at the wider – hopefully I'm looking at the wider themes, and I've learned more and more in this space not just to go for – uh, the exclusive or the be there first or because you're it's a mugs game because you've got all these um, uh, um, online media specialized uh, doing this uh, and also if you get too sucked into being I've got to get the news out first I've got to be I've got to be up to date you might be missing your analysis sometimes it's better to leave it a few days even a few weeks and just just find out a bit about it and then you can you can answer the question then to your readers, you know, where might this be in two or three years' time? What what might this be adding to the whole uh, uh, ecosystem uh, beyond the catchy headline of today? Mm -hmm. You mentioned before some strategies to do research, you said, namely, um, you need to know people, you're connected with them, and then you ask them for background on certain stories. Mm -hmm. But um, what other tools do you use? For example, just now you mentioned all these news portals. Mm. Um, about you know the the whole crypto and, and blockchain space that and many of them I think you know are probably not such uh, reputable outlets too. But do you still use them in in your yeah, research? Yeah, yeah, and I use social media a lot. I mean, um, uh, let's, let's let's go back again to the days when I first started off as a journalist. Uh, uh, it was the days uh, in '95 where the internet was just starting up, and our newsroom I don't think was really hooked up to. And and we used to go through go to the um, uh, um, the library, the, the local municipal library, and, and find cuttings of stories. We used to have cuttings ourselves, a big room full of stack full of newspapers of, of, of cuttings um, to, to, to find out. Now, that's, that's been replaced by, by the digital world, by the internet, but now also by social media. Social media is a big, a big um, uh, 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 conduit of information. And social media, you mean Facebook, Twitter, Telegram? Yeah, Twitter. I, I I use. I tend not to use Facebook. So much. that's just me. I'm not just. I, I don't know. Uh, what I also find is that Facebook um, is viewed as the enemy by by a lot of the crypto crowds. Um, 
It, why, why have we got Bitcoin? It's to do without uh, uh, centralized big brothers such as central banks or Facebook. You know, it, it's it's become one of the watchwords for uh, these are the guys we're trying to we're trying to eliminate. So, so Facebook. Um, it is used by the crypto scene, but it, I, I don't find it. Um, first of all, it got used for a lot of ICO scams, and and then all those ads got cut. And a lot of other people just will not have Facebook out of principle. So um, I, I I tend not to use that. Uh, I might be wrong. I might be missing out on something here. Um, but I, uh, I I use Twitter quite a bit. LinkedIn I use a fair amount. Uh, that actually is is quite useful for the in depth articles. Um, and te- but Telegram is 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 the social media of choice. I think for the crypto crowds, it, it's it's kind of like having your own personal group. And uh, if you can get in on some of some of those channels, that, that that can be very useful. But that's just for getting the 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 basic information. That's that's the same thing as what I used to do. I used to go down to the library to to read the cuttings. That's this kind of stuff. Uh, but the thing that hasn't changed from my days of 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 first days of journalism is you've got to get out there on the street and meet people face to face in their environment and and speak to them and and build up um, a relationship with them of of mutual trust where they can trust me not just to blurt out everything they tell me in a big headline with their name attached to it and and uh, I can trust them not to you know just tell me stuff for their own personal gain um no, the human contact, even though we're talking about cyberspace, is, is still a very, very important thing. Um, and and so you use social media and you filter it and stuff to kind of get the most up-to-date stuff that's going on. You know, it's almost like a, a ticker tape going around, tick, 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 here's this, here's that, here's that. You can get caught up in that really, I can spend the whole day doing that quite frankly but but then when you've seen one or two things you think well that looks interesting that might make a difference then you've got to go got to get out there and you've got to uh, sort of either either go de- go to this company and and sort of see them and speak to them uh, or or you've or you've got to or you fall back to your your trusted sort of contacts who you know and you know they know the space and they're trustworthy and and you know um and so you sort of filter things these ways. Uh, that part hasn't changed, and never will in journalism. Um, that that sort of thing. It, it, it's kind of kind of interesting noting the uh, actually that the um, the social change that crypto has brought is is really interesting. Decentralizing things sounds like a tremendously fun idea and really good and democratic. And uh, but quite often, what you end up with when you decentralize stuff is a big bickering group of people arguing with each other. Uh, and in many ways, that's, that's no surprise, is it? Hey, because, you know, we've all got families. We, we, all, we all know what happens when groups of people get together. Uh, and, and, and it's a really interesting sort of, you know, anthropologists should, should, should follow crypto just, just to sort of see tribalism and, and, and stuff. I'm, in, in I'm sure they, they're doing that. <laughs> yeah, I bet they are. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a rich picking ground for them, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But uh, Interesting uh, point. So you're saying it's, it's like a big dysfunctional family 
almost. Yeah, or several families of, of rival factions. And uh, one, one of the most interesting things about watching, um, following the, 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 the refork of the fork of Bitcoin recently, uh, which, which was going wild on social media, um, is that not only do you have factions, but you have that age-old uh, um, situation of the factions all crowd round a like a, a, a messiah figure, uh, and all, all kind of say, well, what, what, "What's what's so and so saying? You're our leader. You're our leader." You know, and if whatever they you tweet is is going to be our gospel, and it, and it's it's almost like you know the, the 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 forming of a new new religion. You know, it's sort of you get groups of people who just become so focused on one particular area, and they follow the leaders of that area so so closely that they kind of become a bit blinkered and, 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 and narrow-minded. Um, Super dangerous, I think. It can be dangerous. I think decentralization comes with a lot of risks. And, and um, you know, I quite often ask myself, is this whole experiment going to work? Where is it going to end up? Is, is this, you know, some people say, oh, in a few years down the line, we'll be using uh, crypto and decentralized uh, 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 structures in, in much the same way that uh, we now use the internet. You know, when it first came out, it was all a bit of a pain and uh, difficult to learn and the technology wasn't very good. Uh, but now we just take it for granted. We use it without even thinking. Um yeah, I, I, I kind of I kind of wonder if if this is gonna happen. I think the answer is uh cryptocurrencies and blockchain will succeed will reach a limit when society realizes it's had enough decentralization in its life because you can decent it can go to the point Will you decentralize the governments of the world? You know, that's, that's you know, isn't it? I don't think it's ever going to happen, but... You, you, well, some, uh, some people think it's, that's a great idea. Yeah, but, but, then, but then you should look at these, uh, you know, you should, you should follow the Bitcoin cash fork. Uh, uh, um, I, I, God, it's, it's, that's just a, it's just a horrible uh, uh, thing to follow on, on, on social media. It's just people bicking. And and I remember following the uh, uh, all, all the issues with Tezos this year about some last year, and and it, you know quite apart from you know the the, the, the arguments between the, the, the central characters at the top of the tree, it, it, the 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 emotion and the uh, it, it was almost. Yeah, people, it, it was irrational. It was irrational. You know, I'd go into these groups and people would be shouting and screaming and no one would be stepping back and trying to figure out. And, and, and it, it was all driven from the emotion of the moment and, and, and straight from the heart and very little from the head. All, all this animal spirit. It was, it was. It was unleashing the animal spirit and, and it, was, uh, it was very knee-jerk. Um, you know, it was understandable. People had invested their money, or contributed their money, or they believed very strongly in the tech, and 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 they thought that you know uh, this this argument was denying people the the society the chance to 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 have improvement from this tech. You know, I, I could understand it, but I've never seen it in any other industry before. You know, there's arguments in all kinds of industries. There's bickering going on in the engineering, state old engineering uh, 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 industry in, in in Switzerland. But you know, this it, as soon as you decentralize, the more you decentralize, the more you have this noise. 
you know, and, and, and of course everyone has a voice and that's the whole point. But if everyone has a voice, it, you get more disagreements and, and then you get more emotions and, and, and there has to be a way of kind of, uh, you know, controlling decentralization sounds weird. Um, that's exactly what you're not supposed to do. Um, but I think this is where the limits of blockchain and, and crypto are going to have where people say enough we have to control decentralization. I've had enough decentralization in my life. And I don't think you're going to have a... It sounds strange controlling decentralization. Surely you have decentralization or you don't. But but you can. I mean, you can, you can have crypto to... Uh, you can have a crypto account to pay my household bills. And then I have a uh, fiat traditional account to pay to do my investments or the other way around or something. You, you can have decentralization running alongside centralization for example you you can have certain regulations um applying to decentralized structures which which bring them under control and and it's this this is the 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 boundary which will show us the limits of where you know where crypto is going to go and where blockchain is going to go it's where society at large decides okay i've had enough um, we need we need to keep it under control here, and um, yeah, we'll see. And yeah. do you think that's happened already? No, no, we, we it, we're we're in the process at the moment of what happened was crypto was and blockchain was a a sort of a wild anomaly was was a bit of a, a revolutionary thought which a lot of people dismissed. Um, but then people realized it actually solved a, a really fundamental question, which I think a lot of people still miss now, uh, is decentralization is, is not an easy thing to do. That's why we have centralized uh, bodies to, to control this and to make, make order out of, out of our financial transactions, out of our data, and so on. It's not easy to do this in a decentralized way. But when the, the, the thing about Bitcoin and blockchain is it, it actually cracked the code for the first time. And although it's an imperfect model, it, it is a model that actually showed that it could be done. And it took a while for, you know, the, the general society to realize that, hey, actually, that's actually very clever what they've done. It, it, it is actually a functional system that solves the problem and, and, and it can create efficiencies. It can cut costs. It can give people, you know, greater power over their, their personal lives and their data. It, it can work. Um, but it also can create this chaos and anarchy. I just talked about earlier where it just creates bickering families and factions and, uh, uh, uh forming. So what's happening at the moment, I think is that, Big business and, and governments and uh, uh, the centralized authorities of the world have realized that decentralization actually has a place and can actually work and it actually has a function. Um, but they're trying to control it so that it works. Uh, big business are trying to control it so it works for their profits. Um, governments are trying to control it maybe because they're jealous and losing their power, I don't know, but, but they also don't want sort of these bickering social media uh, uh, um, uh, arguments spilling out onto the streets as, as, as well. But um, you're getting this area now where people have realized 
the decentralized has a function, but they're trying to they are trying to put a limit, and we haven't we haven't reached that idea yet. We don't know yet where where that limit will be. I mm -hmm. think interesting. I mean, you know, just like a family that is fighting or has some arguments, maybe also people can learn and and understand each other better, and you know, maybe understand also the power that they have. And I think that hasn't happened yet. I mean, many of these entrepreneurs just came into money very quickly, mm. and, and I think emotionally can't really deal with this position. Yeah, I mean, there's, 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 there was a lot of, I mean, short-termism rather than thinking, plotting through. Look, look, look at Bitcoin. Um, do you think Satoshi Nakamoto, whoever he, she, they is, or are, um, when, when this Bitcoin blockchain was designed, do you think they visualized where it is at the moment? 10 years down the line with mining becoming an industry dominated by companies that are setting up whole factories of of uh, uh, you know warehouse after warehouse full of uh, uh, um, computer stacks um, churning out huge amounts of energy all competing with each other and, and the little guy with his little laptop in his bedroom is, 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 is out the picture. You know, we, we look back with hindsight now and we think, of course that was going to happen. That was always going to happen. Um, it, it only happened when, when this strange kind of uh, 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 um, investor rush into Bitcoin, this irrational enthusiasm, uh, 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 exuberance occurred, uh, was happening this time last year. And suddenly everyone was saying, well, there's money to be made. And so, it, um, you know... Whenever you create something that's going to make a fundamental difference, I, I guess Satoshi Nakamoto was just thinking, let's crack the code and throw it out to society, open source, and, and let's see how it, how, it, how it evolves. But this idea of all these sort of huge uh, mining things uh, occurring, uh, I, I mean, I was reading some, in, uh, some watching some interviews um, by, the, by Tim Berners-Lee, the creator of the World Wide Web. You, you, you ask him now, Uh, what's what, what's happening with the World Wide Web? He's saying it's terrible. You know, he's saying when it started, it was a wonderful thing. It was a wonderful thing. It was decentralized. He uses the word decentralization a lot, but it was decentralization among a small group of committed, dedicated people who all had the same idea. As soon as you open decentralization out to the world, then you have lots of different factions of people who disagree. Uh, that's just, that's just and, then, and then it changes and evolves in its own kind of way and not always for the better. So, um, yeah, um, it's very hard if you're a startup inventing a new protocol for blockchain to realize how it's going to, how society is going to take it up and, 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 and how it's going to evolve in 20 years' time from now. But maybe people should, should start giving it some some of this thought well that's an incredibly hard question to answer as well yeah it is it i mean is. you know even even coming up with something like bitcoin is difficult mm. enough mm. but imagining that a mining industry could you know waste a lot of resources later down the road i mean that's yeah. really really complex well that, that that could never have been foreseen i mean like i say we we, um, we we can talk about this with the benefit of hindsight but but it's interesting to note that you know when 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 you when you come up with a, with a technological breakthrough you don't foresee you know how it is and and uh, you know the point is is at the moment we still don't know uh we see a fusion between now we're seeing a fusion between the sort of the crypto blockchain 
Wild West world and 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 the, and the centralized traditional world of of today, not just in finance but other industries and in governance, and and people are. Uh, are probing each other and trying to work out, how, you know, how you fit a, a square square peg into a round hole, and how you how you change the shape of everything, and what has to change. It's it's a it, it's a very interesting time at the moment, uh, and, and it's it will go on for years, and it'll keep me busy. and And for me as a journalist, it's all about the story, and the story is just just one of the most fascinating ones I've ever I've ever um, you know explained to people. Hmm, interesting. I just wanted to ask that you know where. Where on a scale of importance do you see these stories about crypto and blockchain? Maybe, you know, in comparison to other very transformative technologies like AI, data science, robotics? Yeah, well, it's it's very easy. I mean, as I said earlier on, I, I threw myself down the, the, the blockchain rabbit hole a couple of years ago. And, and uh, it's very easy to get stuck down there and, and not see the rest of the world. And when I when I talk to you about all these, you know, narrow-minded groups of people bickering who cannot see beyond the end of their noses, you know, I have to be careful I don't do that as well. Uh, so, I mean, what about quantum computing? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's another huge subject. And, um, gee, I wish that I could throw myself down that rabbit hole and AI and all the rest of it. Um, maybe I should, maybe I should start, That's a very good point you made. Maybe you should start connecting the, the dots between these different technologies a lot more because in future they might be fusing uh, and, and you might see, you know, who knows, uh, a, 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 a quantum computing generated crypto or, or, or uh, you know, a, a, an exchange run on AI or something like that. Um, uh, I'm glad. Thanks very much for that because, you know, that's, that's, that's quite a, that, that would be a very interesting sort of point, but that would, that would keep me busy for another few years. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's, I mean, just a little side note, but I think that's what's happening. You know, this, uh, when I speak with startups, for example, in Berlin or in Silicon Valley, they all have some kind of, you know, blockchain and crypto startups, they all have some kind of AI strategy. They all start talking about how to deal with data. Right. Well, that's, that's, that's what it is, isn't it? That's, that's, the, whole, that's the whole point uh, of, you know, um, it's, it's managing data, giving people ownership of data, being able to transact data and keep control of it all and keep track of it all. Uh, people can't do that sitting at there. You know, we've seen with blockchain, you can't do that. You can't have every single person in the system validating every transaction. They haven't got time. Uh, this is why you have delegated proof of stake and all this kind of stuff and you have professionals. But but hey, why should it be down to individuals and, and mining you know, big minds and stuff, why don't you just put it into to AI as well? Trust the code some more. Uh, I guess the, the sort of the uh, the doomsayers would say, well, then it's computers taking over the world even more. And, you know, what if that goes wrong? Then we're, you know, we're, we're all stuffed. But it is, you know, it, it, it makes perfect sense. To, to do it to do it this way to, to have to have artificial intelligence sort of dealing with say the mining of 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 bitcoin so it does so in a rational fairer way that doesn't lead to the concentrations of power and the and the wastes of, of electricity that we that we have at the moment with bitcoin which was because it was just left to people to kind of work out by themselves how to do it um yeah uh, it, it makes perfect sense and yeah 
Matt, do you think you'll still be writing about crypto and blockchain in five years? Yeah, I do. Because, because you know, the, the discussion we just had 10 seconds ago kind of confirms that to me <laughs> all the more. because <laughs> to be learned. Yeah, still. yeah because, because it's going to develop and evolve and merge with other technologies. I think, I think it's very unlikely. Um, um, I think so. Um, will I still be intensely interested enough will my enthusiasm uh, uh, um, be the same in five years time or, or will in a year's time I start thinking yeah gee I, I write nothing but blockchain and, and crypto I, I want to write about something a bit else now or, or maybe a new sort of quantum computing will take off and 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 there will be a Bitcoin moment in quantum computing where where it's just kind of like yeah we cracked the code and 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 now we can start applying it to all facets of life and it will just super who knows um, but but it's not just the tech. This, this, what what interests me about this whole thing? You know, I got into it thinking it was a bit of a quirky anomaly, a bit of fun to write about, and yeah, it might have some some impact, but. Uh, uh, what dragged me in is 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 not just the realization that the 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 the, the, the tech had solved a proper problem, and and had come up with a solution to a to a to a uh, you know a, a proper system or way of doing things, um, but also the people involved. It's a crazy world. Crypto's crazy. It's it's it's. I, I used to before this. I used to be running about the bankers and parada parts. Uh, nothing against them at all, but but they're they're very controlled people. Uh, they only tell you so much, and they've got they've got all their press people around them the whole time, and access is very limited. Uh, and then you came across the world of crypto pirates, and 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 these whole sort of um, family bickering families and stuff like, this, and and messiah figures popping up here and everywhere. It's 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 a fascinating not just tech story, it's a fascinating human story as well. Uh, and and I, I think you know. You shouldn't forget that although it's tech, it's the people, but always pe the people behind the tech who 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 run the show, until they lose control, because it it then becomes mainstream, and then they lose control, and and it becomes a, a society dominated thing. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, five years time, I could well be writing still about this area. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Did I forget to ask anything? I don't think so. No. Um, I, I, I'm, my mouth is going to be dry. <laughs> and so, um, you know, no, I, I think we had a very, okay. very interesting conversation. Matt, thanks a lot for taking time. Cheers. Thanks so much for joining us today. More info on our guests and our sponsors is in the show notes of this episode and on the podcast website, theblockchainandus.com. To help people find this podcast, it's important that you download, subscribe, and give it a top rating and review on iTunes or on the podcast platform of your choice. I'm Manuel Staggers, and I thank you very much for listening. <laughs>